Well, let me just say something to you today. Uh, I had a message already prepared that I was going to preach to you today, but the Lord just kind of changed some things. I appreciate all of you here. I really do. And, you know, we're a young church, and we, we're just getting our feet on the ground. And yeah, I guess it's a lot tougher when you're, when you're where we're at when you lose somebody. Uh, I had Steve Vakin come up here and talk about Rex. Uh, I don't know anybody, and I really don't care if he hears this or not. He knows how I feel about him. I, I don't know anybody in all the world that loves people more than Steve Brackeen does. I've known Steve Brackeen all my life since I've been in Kansas City. He's probably right up there with the truest friend anybody could ever have, as all of you are. And I, I agree with him. I, I talked to him out in the hall, you know, it, he looked, we were here this morning. I know it was going to be rough this morning. I tried to kid myself into saying it wouldn't be, but it is. And Steve said it when he came out in the hallway, you know, he just looked back and saw the empty chair where, where Rex and his boy was sitting, you know, all the time. And Rex loved this church. He really did. Steve brought him. Steve knew him from working at the Ford place. And, you know, it's one of those things where, he had some, a lot of trouble in his life. He went through a lot of things, like we all do. And I agree with Steve. And Steve just, we just talked 30 seconds out there, and the Lord just changed the whole thing of what I was going to do today. And it, it's where we need to go. And I, I know there's a lot of situations. I look at it, and I, I, know, I know that he come out of a, a, a lot of problems in his life. He went through a divorce, you know, and it was very hard on him and all of those things, and I don't know all of the details, but I do know this. I know that he had come to the place where he had found a place that he was, he was at peace at and he really enjoyed. You know, I read people's faces when I preach. I really do. You can tell if somebody's with you or somebody's not with you. You can tell if somebody's untouched with you or where they're turning you on or turning you off. And honest to goodness, all of your faces, you know, always are turned on. I appreciate that. You people are here because you love the Bible. But that's what he saw here. That's what he saw. I'd sit down up here and preach, and I'd preach back there, and I'd watch the smile on his face and his boys, you know, and I'd say something funny, and he'd laugh. They were in it. They were in with it all the way. And I, and I agree with Steve today. I, I don't understand all of it either. I, it, nothing devastated me more this week than when Steve called me and told me that they found him, had a heart attack and found him dead. And I, you know, it was one of those things where it just kind of takes everything out of you. And you know, when you go through all the emotions, you know, all the emotions, I mean, I mean, you know, I appreciate Rex so much, and, you know, I just, it, it was a thing where it just, I, I, for me, anyhow, it, you know, it'll quite never be the same just because of the fact that, that I know that this church in its small infant stage right now where we're at, I know that this church met a need in his, his life. And it was something that the Lord did that was in a, that was in a unique way. I look at the fact that, you know, God knows everything. We don't. But I know, I, I believe this. I believe that the Lord, in a, in a unique way, I believe the Lord brought him here. 
God knew when he was going to die. The Bible says it's appointed on the men want to die. We all got an appointment with death. I, I believe with all of my heart, I believe that God brought him here for whatever time he had left to settle whatever maybe he had left to settle in his heart with the Lord and really give him a taste of what the Word of God always is. And, you know, and I, you know, Steve is very broken up today, and I love Steve so much, and I, I understand that. But I told Steve, you know, he looked back and saw the chair, and he just couldn't handle it. And I, he, and I, and I, and I told him, I said, you know what, this is the great thing. This is where it's at today. I'm, I'm hurting. I know Steve's hurting. I know his wife and family are hurting. And I know that some of you are just hurting because you, you maybe didn't really know the guy, but you love the guy who was one of us. But let me just tell you this. I promise you this. If Rex had the choice to come back today, he'd pass on it. He wouldn't come back. He's with the Lord. And it's been, a tough, it's been tough for some of you this year. You lost your mama. But you know what? If she had the choice today, she wouldn't come back. Now, I know what I want to say today. And I hope that God gives me the grace to be able to say it. But I want you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now, I just want to talk to you for a, for, a, for a little bit today. We're going to put what we had for this week off here. We'll talk about it next week. We've got to be flexible. When the Holy Spirit of God shows us something, we, need to, we just need to focus it. You know, when Paul wrote, he wrote to the church at Corinth, church at Corinth had come to the place that I hope we never get to. They had really lost the, they really lost the tenderness, not only toward each other, but toward other people. They've gotten like so many churches that it was just a thing where, you know, going to church was just going to church. There was no real purpose in it anymore. Everybody had their own spiritual mindset. Everybody had their own spiritual agenda. And they were doing their own thing. And Paul wrote them the book of 1 Corinthians really to chew them out. And we'll talk about that more next week. And when he, when he, when he comes to chapter 13, they're obviously messed up on the sign gifts, talking in tongues and all of that. And, and Paul deals with them on that. But he says something that, that really not only deals with the immediate issue of tongue, but it deals with the issues of life that really help us come to grips with things like today or things like that go on in our lives when we don't understand it. He said in verse 11, he says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Father, we thank you and praise you for the Lord Jesus, and Lord, I love you today. And I pray, Father, that you'll give us the wisdom and insight today to understand the Word of God and to deal with the issues today, Father, that, uh, that, that tug at our heartstrings. Lord, uh, we just thank you, Father, for loving us. We thank you, Father, for, for being part of our lives for this church, for what you've done here. And Lord, we thank you for the men and women that have come since we've started and, Lord, for the good people that you've given us to love you and love your Word, for the good times we've had in the Word of God. We thank you, Lord, that at least we know that this church is doing what it needs to do. We saw it in the smile. We saw it in the smile of approval in the eyes of, of Rex and his boy. That they were glad to be here because the Word of God was doing in their lives, being preached the way it needed to be preached and touching those things that they needed. And Lord, I pray you'll help us today. I pray you'll help us deal with the grieving process of, of the loss of somebody that, Lord, uh, meant a lot to us. Lord, I know we're not a big church, 
We ain't got like four or five hundred people. When somebody passes, it's a terrible thing and a tragic thing, but it kind of gets lost in all of the things that are happening, Lord. We, 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 we're not there, and we, we feel this today. And Lord, I, I thank you, Father, for all that you do. In Jesus' name, for sake we ask it. Amen. Now let me just say some things to you today. I, I'm telling you, for the small time we've been together, we've had some weddings, and now we've had a death. We've had some heartache. We've had some tragedy. We've had some accidents. We've had all these things in life, and I, you know, and Steve stood up here this morning, and that's the reason I had Steve say what he said, I, uh, and and talk this morning, because I know Steve, you know, as I said, there's nobody that understands and loves people more than Steve does. And he stood here and he said, "I don't understand what God is doing, and I don't understand what God has done." And you know what? That's a statement that we're all going to make in life sooner or later. I don't understand a lot of things that happen. I don't understand. Specifically, why that? I don't understand why God would bring a man to a church when a man probably hadn't had the teaching and the preaching and the fellowship and the Word of God that he ever had in his life that he had here. I don't understand why God would bring a man here, get him settled in, get him so happy, and then take him home to be with the Lord. I don't understand why God would allow a boy that wants to struggle, he wants to do what's right, he wants to come to church, he has this, and God puts him under the protective umbrella of his father that his father says, you can go to that church, come on and come, and then take that umbrella away. I don't understand all those things. But there's a lot of things I don't understand. And you see, Paul says here, when I was a child, I spake as a child. And right now we're likened to children. I don't care if you're 60 years old. I don't care if you're 70 years old. I don't care how much time you spend in the Bible. You may have a grasp or an insight on spiritual things, but I want to tell you something. I don't care how spiritual any of us become. I don't care how versed we come in the Bible and how well we can trust God. We're still a child, and there will always be a time when we look at things in life and we see them through a glass darkly. Now, that's just part of it. I, I, I look at I look at somebody that guy get, that, that's doing what God wants them to do in their life and is on fire for God and they get cancer and they die and I stand back and I look at that and I ask myself why is that the only answer sometimes is that we look through a glass darkly in this life we don't always see everything the way God wants us to see it. And it's part of the process of life. It's part of the process of growth. But right now, right now, there's things in life that we just see through a glass darkly. We can't see it clear. I don't understand why little babies get born deformed. I don't understand that. I don't understand why God, uh, what God can get out of that. I know that He does. I'm not questioning God in any of this. I believe that God is sovereign and I believe that God knows exactly what He wants us to do. I just wish sometimes He'd let us in on it. And I'm not saying that criticizing God because it's okay with me if He doesn't. I understand that in this life that we have to look through a glass darkly. We don't always see it the way we want to see it. Now there's a couple of reasons for that. God always wants to keep the edge to the place where He's God. He, he, if we understood everything that God was, everything that God did, if we focused on everything the way God wanted us to see it and understand it in the Word of God, hey, let me tell you what, there would be no need for God. 
I believe the Bible is the Word of God. I believe it's the mind of Christ. I believe that God, in everything in this book, I believe that God has revealed Himself in His entirety. I do not believe there's any character, any attribute, anything that the reason that God does or doesn't do something, I believe that every answer is in this book. I believe it's God's mind. I believe that when we read it and we get it, we have everything that God is, but the bottom line is God does not reveal it all to us. We're in this life, and this life is a veil of tears. This life, we're going to face some struggles. And, and obviously, I said it before, you and I are not responsible for the bad things that happen in life. We're not responsible. I do not believe that Rex went home to be with the Lord because of any sin in his life. I don't believe that. And God knows his heart more than I do. But I just, as a human being, watching him, I just cannot believe that, that somebody would be in deep sin that would love the preaching of the Word of God like that. When people get into sin, they don't like the preaching of the Word of God. And we preach the Bible here. We build it on building a relationship. We build it on doing what's right. We build it on the foundational structure that, that, that God intended it to be. And let me tell you something. If you don't have a, a tune to love God and you don't have a tune to, for the things of God, I, I love you, but you ain't going to appreciate what we've got to say. It's like rubbing up against sandpaper. It's like, why would you take that abuse when you have one kind of lifestyle and you do one thing this way and then you go to a place where they, they talk about what is right. If you're not in tune with doing what's right in your life and, and inclined to go in that direction, you're not going to be happy with it. That's why people don't come to church. That's why people uh, don't make God and the Word of God every part of their daily life. They, they have their own agenda. and, they, and they don't. I don't see that here. I believe that we have a man that found the Word of God and enjoyed the Word of God. I believe we have something where, where God gave him what he needed, gave him the rest and the security in the Bible to a degree that it gave him everything that he was looking for in life. And, and you can look at it a lot of different ways. You can look at it a lot of different ways. You can look at it as the fact, well, what a tragedy that is. What a tragedy that is that a man finds the Word of God, gets excited about the Bible, really loves the Bible, finds a place where he can get everything he wants, then he dies. Well, I think it's just the opposite. What a tragedy it would be if he died and never got that. You see, we look through a glass darkly. I don't understand why God do, does those things. I understand why God, but I realize that God never does anything to hurt us. I, I, I'm concerned about the boy. I'm concerned about now that it'll get swallowed up. But you know what? It's legitimate. I'm human. I love the kid. And I, I, I see and I understand what he's going through. But i got to tell you this morning, God is bigger than all of that. And I've got to confess to you, as much as I know about the Bible and love the Bible and love God, I'm just like you. I'm a child. And today and this and other things in our lives, we have to look through a glass darkly. I don't understand. I don't, I don't figure it out. There are times in your life and my life of what a great lesson this is. There are times in your life and my life when you got to step back and you just got to accept what God has done and you got to run to this verse and you say, Lord, I look through a glass darkly. I don't understand. We're all going to be faced with that in life. This church is going to be faced with it. 
There's going to be more times that come where we lose somebody or something happens to somebody that we stand back as a body of believers and hold hands and pray and say, God, I don't understand. I don't figure it out. And I'm telling you, in this life, in this life, Paul says, I, I was a child. I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. And there comes a time right now in our lives where as smart as we are, as much as the Bible we know, whatever your relationship with God, we're still a child. And Jesus said, except you come to me as little children, you have no part of me. You never grow up when it comes to God. You may mature, but the bottom line is that childlike faith of always believing Him and trusting Him is the key to your successful Christian life. And there's going to be times in your life when you see this and you see that, and it's very apparent what God is doing. But I'm going to tell you something. There's some time just like this. There's going to be times in your life and a lesson you need to learn, a verse that needs to become part of your uh, uh, daily uh, maintenance in the Word of God, where you realize that in your life and my life, there's going to be times when something happens, and the Bible says that now we look through a glass darkly. We're just not going to understand it all. We're not going to see it. Little babies dying. People who seemingly do what they're supposed to be doing and trying to love God and do what's right and, and, and they die. And I, it, it, I, I know even in Job's time, as we talked about before, that everybody wants to always blame God. When the guy ran in to tell Job that he'd, he lost everything, he, he just adds it in there that the fire from God Everybody wants to give the angle that it, it, God's the problem, that God's not in control, that God did this. Well, I'm telling you something. God has a bigger picture than we have. And God understands a lot of things better than we do. I, I, I had a man one time that was a pilot. And he told me, you know, he says, he says I've learned more about my relationship with God through flying than, 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 than anything else in life other than the Word of God. And he told me the story that he had taken off one night and he had a business appointment and he, he was flying his own plane. He, he used to fly himself around. And he had a place to go and he thought to himself, he, he, he was, had a straight course, he could get there and as he was flying along the way, uh, uh, you know, a radio controller come on and told him to uh, turn this degrees and he thought to himself, well, what in the world? So he, he, he had to follow the instructions, so he went down here and he flew down here for like an hour and then he told him to take another course and he, he's thinking to himself, what in the world? And, and, and this is so ridiculous and so he took it and when it finally landed and he finally got to his destination, it took him three more hours than it was supposed to take. It took him six, seven hundred miles out of his way, and he thought to himself, I'm going to be late for my meeting, I'm going to do this, and he was really upset, and he was really mad, and so he called the FAA, he called where it was, and he said, hey, look, I filed a flight plan, I don't understand, what exactly, did you, this guy that you gave me, he ran me all around the place, and he said, I don't understand that I'm late, and all the things that happened, and now I'm going to miss my meeting, and he says, I'm just a little irritated, I don't understand why he took me all the way around here when I could have went straight there. And the guy began to talk to him and tell him that there was a tremendous storm that would have ripped his little plane to shreds, and he was heading right into it. 
and where he thought that he was going, where he thought he was going the, the best route, and the, in his own human mind, he sat down, he looked at a map, and he says, i got to be here by then. I'm going to start from here. If I take this course, I'll be there. It's the shortest route. He had it all planned out in his life, and he thought the best way to get there was that way, and that way would have been his end and been his doom. And somebody that he never saw, somebody that he never met, somebody that was in a control tower miles away, saw something that was foreboding and going to be his end and going to be his doom and led him a long way around but got him there safely. How, 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 how picturesque that is of our lives sometimes. We think we're going to go this way, we got it all planned out, and God sees the impending disaster of that way and then brings us a harder route, brings us a longer route, brings us another way, brings us a place that we don't really want to go the way it's going. It's an inconvenient to us, but the end result is we look through a glass darkly. God sees it in a clarity. Just like God, uh, that, that radio controller brought that man around the long way but got him there safely. Sometimes God has to take us on the route of life around the storms that he sees that we can't see because, let's face it, his radar screen is a lot bigger than ours. And he sees things the way they really are. We see them as they only apply to us. In other words, he sees things clearly. We look through the glass darkly. No, I rest in that. I thank God for that. I thank God for the fact that I have somebody looking out for me that in times like this, when I don't understand it, in times like this, when I look at the tragedies and the heartache and the things that we go through that seemingly never end, that we throw up our hands and we want to quit or we want to give up or at the worst we begin to doubt God is in what we're doing or we begin to lose our faith in God. Come back to this verse and understand that right now we look through a glass darkly. We're like a little child. But oh, what a great verse. Yes. For now we look through a glass darkly. Yes, now we are like a little child. And we speak as a child. And we, oh, we ask God for stupid things. We understand as a child. We think stupid things. A little child's afraid of the dark when all he has to do is turn on the light. A little child says foolish things because he doesn't understand the big picture and the consequences of life. A little child thinks in ways that adults can't even comprehend. They think things. And they're afraid of things. But yet when you look at Christians, we are the exact same way. We fear the darkness because we don't turn on the light. We fear the things of life simply because we don't understand the way God understands. And right now, in the very best we have, we look through a glass darkly. But oh, the best part of that verse says, but then. Face the faith. There's coming a time we're going to understand it. For me, that's everything. God says, you know what? Don't worry about it right now. I know what I'm doing. You don't have to understand everything that's going on. You just got to know right now that I'm in charge. But you know what? Coming in time, I'm going to let you in on it. But then, face to face, he says, right now I know in part, but then I shall know even as also <coughs> I am known. You know what that means? Nobody in this room knows more about themselves than you do. You know everything about you. 
I look at you and I, I know, I know, I know you who you are. I know what you are. I know how you think for the most part. Same way with me. We know each other because of a relationship. But you know what? The truth of the matter is nobody really knows you better than you. There isn't anything about you that you don't know. There may be some things you don't want to admit. And there may be some things that you won't go public with or you wouldn't want to see in National Esquire or the New York Times or whatever. But you know what? Let's face it. Nobody knows everything about you better than you do. Other than God. You know what he's saying? He says, right now I look through a glass darkly. But then face to face, now I know in part, but then I uh, shall I know even as also I am known. You're going to know it all just like you know everything about you right now coming when the Lord comes back. God right now is doing something. God right now has got a plan. And sometimes He doesn't let us in on all of it. Sometimes He wants, He's working it. We know that all things work together for good. We know that God is, in, is, is not the author of confusion. We know that a perfect love casteth out fear. We know all of those verses. And it, it, it brings us to the place where we just trust God and we know God. And right now, oh, right now, even though we don't understand it all and we look through a glass darkly, but then there's coming a time when face to face we're going to know everything that God's doing because we're going to be part of the final process there's a lot of things in life that I don't understand a lot of things in life that I don't figure out this being one of them I, I look at it and honestly 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 God knows my heart honestly I look at it and I say to God Lord I, I in my mind there's probably I think there was a better way you could have done this I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you, Lord. I, and you know what? When you come to the place in your relationship with God when you can talk, I'm not doubting God, but you know what? God wants you to express what you're feeling. My goodness, you do it to everybody else. You wife do it to your husband. Husband do it to the wives. Kids do it to their parents. I mean, you do it to your boyfriend or girlfriend. Why can't you have the same liberty with God? Tell Him what you're feeling. Anywhere you're, you're being disrespectful or you're being angry at him, you're just saying, Lord, I'm looking through a glass darkly. From my standpoint, you could have done this a different way and maybe accomplished whatever you're trying to accomplish. But you know what? God does it the way he wants to do it according to his will because he knows the bigger picture. I don't know what's going on. I know this. I know the Bible says that we are vessels of honor or we can be vessels of dishonor. There's no man on the face of this planet that doesn't give God the ultimate that God requires. You know what that is? God ultimately requires honor and glory and praise and worship. That's what He wants. When you and I get saved, that's what we're to do with our, our lives, our bodies. We're to glorify Him. And God gets glory out of us doing what the Word of God says. But somebody thinks, well, I'm, I'm unsaved or I'm a Christian, but I'm not very plugged into God. And I'm going to do my own thing. And I'm not going to give honor and glory to God. No, you're wrong. God will get honor and glory out of your life no matter who you are. He talks about in the book of Romans, he talks about Pharaoh. He says, for the same reason have I not raised you up, Pharaoh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do what's right. And if Pharaoh would have stood up and said, you know what? God is a great God. We got gods, but they're not very good gods. They're sitting like this God. God has revealed to me that the children of Israel, He's got a plan. You know what? We're going to let them go. We're going to pay their way. We're going to give them everything they want. We're not a Christian nation, but you know what? We're going to honor their God and send them on their way and give them everything they wanted. Why? There's been more written about Him in history than any other man. But He couldn't. 
He just couldn't. We know the reasons why. But God took him in his denial and took him in his sin and took him in his arrogance against God and the ultimate was God got the honor and glory out of his disobedience to God. God will do that. Or you can choose to be an honor of ve- a vessel of honor and let God use it that way. I don't understand. I know this. I know Rex understands it better than all of us right now. And I know right now if he had the chance to change it all and come back, he wouldn't because you know what? He's finally, he got joy and peace here. He loved the Word of God here. Let me tell you, the joy and peace he's got where he's at came compared to what we have here, and it's pretty good because it's based on the same book. But he's with him, man. He's with him. He's with him. And you know what about the boy? God loves him more than I do. Isn't that a thought? Come on. God, I love him. I worry about him. I pray for him. You know what? God loves him more than I love him. I can't love him to the capacity that God loves him. And God is in his heart. God knows what he needs. And God, and, and, and I don't understand it all. I'm looking through a glass darkly. But I do know this. I know that God's got a purpose and God's got a plan for it. I don't know what's going to take place tomorrow. How many times I've seen people stand around and ask the question why? Not wrongly. They look at it like I do. I've done it. I've stood around where somebody died that I just didn't understand why. I mean, I when a guy, somebody gets 80, 90 years old and they just die of old age or complications or something, you expect that. But I've known a lot of Christian young, I, I know a lot, a lot of Christian young men and young ladies that died long before they were supposed to, as far as medically is concerned. I remember one little gal years ago, and, and I don't even know if you, any of you remember little Ruthie years ago. One of the sweetest girls you ever met in your life. I mean, I, I have never probably met a more conscious, godly girl than this little girl. And she, she just, she, she never got married, never had any children. She had a boyfriend. They were going to get married, but she had a brain tumor. And I'll never forget. They, and, she, and even in all of that, she had, the, she had the almost unbelievable, the most unbelievable spirit. I, I would feel so, I mean, she was probably 18 or 19, maybe 20 years old at the max. And, you know, she, she had a brain tumor, and they operated, opened up her brain, and they took the tumor out, and they patched her back up. And I remember going to see her, and how, how, how she always uplifted me. And then they found another brain tumor. And they went back in, and they operated on that and took that one out. And then she was back around, and she'd come back to church and everything, but then they come, word come back that they found another one, and this one they couldn't operate on. And I'll never forget her funeral. She died. I was there when she died. Her mom, her mom didn't go to church. Her mom and family didn't care about God. They thought she was a fanatic. You know what? And everybody standing around, me included. And we were, it, it devastated our class. And we just sat there and, and, and everybody was just, everybody asked the question, why? I mean, I mean, I don't want anybody to die. But you know what? There's a lot of people out there that are a lot worthless, that, that better than this. That's how you think as a human being. And that isn't right, but that's how you deal with it. But you know what? We look through a glass darkly. I've never been in this funeral like hers. It was down south someplace. I don't even remember where it was. Well, I'll never forget what happened. One of the sweetest little gals ever met in my life. Loved the Lord. And it was a lot like it was today. It must have been, it must have been 200 people in that funeral. I didn't know most of them. It was like 100 miles down someplace. 
And I get up and I, I had my text, my funeral text, and honestly good. And I got up there, and when I was walking up, just like I was here today, God says, you know what, you're a pretty agile kid. I'm going to change your text. He says, just wait till you get up there. When I get up there and I looked out there, I just realized that, that, that this wasn't what I needed to preach. And I just, I don't, even, I don't remember where I started. I don't remember all that I said, but I know I preached salvation right down the line. I think I said, you know what, there's a funeral. I don't remember how I started. I said, there is a funeral text that everybody is used to that everybody's expecting me to preach today. I said, would you allow me not to do that? Would you allow me to preach the funeral that Ruthie would like to have me preach today? Now, how do you argue with that? Because she asked me to preach her funeral and asked me to put it on them. I thought I had it all down the way I wanted. It was so nice. It was, but no, no, no. I, I, when I got, and boy, I'll tell you what. When I got to the end of that thing, I worked them about 40 minutes. And I mean, I preached to them about the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, Ruthie's life. I mean, I put everything in there. I even had a story of Noah's Ark, and I don't even know how they got in there. I went from Daniel's Alliance then to Noah's Ark to Joan of Ark. I had it all in there, man. I went from Genesis to Revelation in 40 minutes. And I ain't tell you what, I mean, I have never in my life put it together like that. And here's the thing. When I got to the end, and this is how I was young then. I, I wasn't, I, I wanted to do what's right, but I always didn't catch, I was just like a young quarterback. I always didn't get the plays coming in from the coach. I hadn't figured out yet that I, I knew I was supposed to preach, but now I was coming down to the end. You don't give invitations at funerals. You're not supposed to. And I, and I hadn't planned on it. I thought, well, you know, you always do one of these things. You always say, well, you know, there's somebody here, you know, after, you know, that wants to hear. You know, you always get out of it that way. You do it, but you really don't do it. And you just, and I, I, I come down through there and I laid that thing out. And I, I got down to the end and I said, well, I didn't know what to do. Now, we're in a funeral home. And there's a piano over here and an organ over here and all that. And I said, I just, I said, I, I said, I just feel like. I, I ought to give an invitation today. And I saw some movement out of my side. And I looked over my side, and a woman got up out of the thing and went up and got on the organ. She opened up the thing and started playing just as I am. And I looked over to me, and she went, and boy, she's going to town. Now, this woman looked like she could whip berries with a stick out behind the place. I mean, she wasn't your dainty like the one we got that's lovely. This woman looked like she'd been, she had just, you know, she looked like she was probably world-class, uh, you know, she was something, boy. I mean, she'd, she'd been around town and obviously saved and loved the Lord, but boy, what a rough life. I mean, nobody, she, I mean, when I, when I saw her get on the thing, I knew that nobody was going to stop us. She had it, man. And she got up there, boy, she flipped that thing up. She turned that key on and she started playing just as I am. And I, said, I thought to myself, Lord, here it is. Here it is. I gave the invitation. Eight or nine people got saved that day in a funeral. Just came down. Most important at all was the one person that Ruthie wanted more than anybody else to get saved, and that was her mother. Now, you see, there's a case where God lets you see a little peek of it. We looked through a glass darkly. I didn't understand what God was doing that day. When it was all said and done, I understand that Ruthie, someplace in her relationship with God, I don't know where, she never told me. It's never been written down. I just know it's true because of what the Bible says. At some place, she said to God, in some form or fashion, she said this, Lord, I want my mama saved. I don't want her to go to hell. My whole family's unsaved, Lord. And, Lord, I'm saved, and I'm on my way to heaven. And I'm just telling you, Lord, if you can get more honor and glory out of my death to save my mom and my family than my life, if that's what it'll take, then you do that. 
No, you say, Bob, did you know? I, I'm telling you, I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she said it. I just know Ruthie, and I know the circumstances, and I know what happened, and I know someplace in her life that conversation transpired between her and God. And God saved her mama and a lot of her friends that day, many, 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 many years ago. Now, I understand this. We look through a glass darkly. But then face to face, someday I will. Maybe we'll get a piece of it sometime this next week or down in months to go. Sometimes you do things like that and you just trust God and then God shows you some things. Sometimes he doesn't. But I know this, whether he does or whether he doesn't, I know this today, God is in charge. God is in charge. And there's something that God is going to get out of Rex's life that's going to change somebody's life. You know what? Maybe we'll never see it. Maybe we'll never hear about it. But I know this. The Bible promises that the word of God won't return void. It will accomplish the thing wherewith God sent it, and God will use it. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, the guy that preaches the funeral, or what I do at the graveside, or what Rex has done in his life, someplace along the line, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. I just do know this. Right now, we look through the glass darkly, but then face to face, God is going to get honor and glory to this because Rex, in some place in his life, I don't know where. I don't know if he knew it, Exactly. I don't know if he said it exactly. I don't know if it's just in his heart with God, but someplace along the line, God and Rex got together and come to the place where he was satisfied and happy with the Word of God. And from that point on, God says, okay, buddy, you like being with me? You like hanging out with me? You like what you hear about me? Come on. I'll show you even more. I put you in a good church. I know when you're going to come home to be with me. I wanted you to get all the little details worked out, and I wanted you to enjoy it now. I'm going to really show you what it's all about. And God took him home. That's where it's at. Do I understand all of that? No, I look through a glass darkly. But someday, face to face, I'll know even as also I am known, and I'll understand it. And that's where we're at. So what do we do? We just pray that God have his own way in this. I have no more answers for you now than when Steve stood up here and said, I don't understand why this happened. I don't either. I probably would have done it a different way, but that's just me. God understands the big picture. He knows what needs to be done. And bottom line is, Rex was his. He wasn't ours. God just lent him to us for a while, a short while. Wished we could have had him longer, but I thank God we had him. I thank God that this church, you people, the preaching of the Word of God, cared enough that when they walked through that door that you loved them, that you shook their hand, that every week they knew that this was a church that cared about them, and every week he knew he was going to get something from the Word of God that was going to challenge his heart and bring him a little closer to God. To me, that is all the comfort in the world, because that's our job. That's our only job, and God will do the rest. And right now, let's rest in this fact, and every one of us can do this, especially Steve. He's the one that brought him. But what does that tell you? How many other people are out there that need to be brought because they need what Rex needed? But we can rest in this one thing in the case of Rex Lee, that everybody in this church did what they were supposed to do in loving him. Steve, what he did, what he was supposed to do in bringing him. I did what I was supposed to do in preaching him. And you did what you were supposed to do in loving him. That's what a church is all about. So in that we take our comfort today. We miss him. 
It's not something that we're done today. Next week it will be all forgotten. I'll miss him for a long time. I don't know what God's going to do with all this situation yet, but I trust that God knows what he's doing. Me, I look through a glass darkly. But I know that in time God will show us. And we'll just trust him in that. Father, we thank you and praise you for the Lord Jesus. <clears throat> and Lord, we love you so much. And Father, I just ask you today that you'll comfort our hearts. That you'll let us know as a church that we did what was right here. There may be times down the line we blow it. But in this case, I, I just can't believe that this church and the men and women in this church didn't help prepare him to meet you. And that's our job. Lord, comfort our grief today. Put your arms around us as a small little church struggling to get our head above water and just to reach people. And I know we will. It comes in time. But Lord, I just pray that you'll help us in all that we do. Thank you, Father, for Steve and his family that he cared enough to bring him. Thank you, Father, that the men and women in this church care enough to invite people and to bring them. Thank you, Father, for this church who loves people genuinely without any conditions and cares because of what God has done in our life. And Lord, we'll just thank you and praise you for all that you do. Every head bowed and every eye closed. We're going to be finished in a moment. Not my goal to embarrass anybody. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. But I'm going to close in prayer here in just a second. <clears throat> and I wonder today if there's a man or a woman here that you don't know the Lord as your own personal Savior. You've never, never, never put your faith and trust in the one who died for you on Calvary's cross. And if you die right now today, you don't know for sure that you'd go to heaven. With every head bowed and every eye closed, and nobody will embarrass you. I'd just like to pray for you. Would you slip up your hand and say, Bob, I'm not sure if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. Here's my hand. Anybody? God bless you, son. We'll put it back down. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? We're just going to wait a minute before we pray. Now let me just ask you this, buddy. Would you look at me just for a second here and every head's bowed? I love you. God loves you. Would you allow one of my men to take you back in one of the rooms and open up the Word of God and show you how to be saved today? Would you let somebody do that with you? God bless you. Okay. 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 Jimmy, take him back here. Just go with Jimmy right here, and he'll take you back here. He'll show you how you can know for sure to be saved. Amen. 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 Well, we look through a glass darkly, but then. I wondered if Rex wouldn't uh, allow me this. And please, I'm not a prophet, but I, I, I'm asking this. I'm, I'm just asking myself this. And, you know, hear me out. I, I wonder if I'd have just went ahead with my standard thing today. If that boy would have got saved. I don't know. Maybe he would have. I'm not saying that Rex died so this kid could get saved. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, you know what? There's a lot of things God is going to do that we don't understand. We just allow God to be God. And I think it started this morning. I don't think any of us... You know what? I, I just didn't want... And I don't know why I'm feeling what I felt this morning. Steve got me into this mode when he came out there and then God used him to get me here. But you know what? I guess what I'm trying to say is this. I don't want us to just let Rex's passing from our church and our lives just be a matter that we all forget six months from now. 
let it be an object lesson. And God punctuated the message this morning by a young man getting saved. Let's just take it from there and see what God is going to do. But take this with you. Right now we're children, and right now we look through a glass darkly. We don't always see it all. Understand that. But there's coming a time we're going to see it face to face, and we're going to understand it all just like we understand everything about ourselves right now. Thank you, Father, for all that you do. Thank you for this young man, even now that Jimmy's opening up the Word of God and showing him how to be saved. Thank you, Father, for all that you do. And Lord, we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name for the sake we ask it. Amen.